Hello, Revelation Wellness friends. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We have an outstanding new teaching for you today from our host, Elisa Keaton, the founder and CEO of Revelation Wellness. In case you missed the news, Elisa is out on sabbatical until October, but we have this recording that she's done previously with some informative and insightful teaching where she answers an important question from one of our Revelation Wellness community members who asked, why can't I be disciplined in my eating? This episode is for all of us who struggle with this feeling of doing the things we don't want to do. And as you'll learn, it's often really not about the food at all. Getting to the root of this question is one of the really important reasons why we've created our new challenge, Project Stress Relief, a 21-day program that will equip us with the tools that we need to reset our mind and body. Project Stress Relief is going to teach us how to begin to align our mind and body with the peace and presence of God. And who doesn't need a little bit more of that in your life? Sign-ups are open now. Swipe up to the show notes to get registered. You don't want to miss this challenge. Thank you so much for being here and being on this journey to health and wholeness with us. We appreciate every one of you, and we hope you are blessed by this episode. Peace. Well, hey everyone, it's Elisa, and today you get just me and a microphone with this teaching that I believe is going to encourage you and help us to get a better and bigger framework for habits. So this comes from a question that was posted back in our official Revelation Wellness Facebook page. And if you're not a member of that community, you are more than welcome to head on back there and join. It's completely free. And that's a lot of our podcast listeners are back there, but it is a community community of people that are coming together to continue this conversation about embodying and living a full faith in our bodies. So this was a question from Catherine and Catherine said this, she said, talk to me about discipline. I love to work out and do almost every day. But when it comes to eating, I am not disciplined. I find myself at the end of the day pleading with the Lord. I'm doing the very thing I do not want to do. So then, what next? Okay. First thing we need to look at is she uses the word discipline, and that is a great word. The Bible is not opposed to discipline. It tells us that he disciplines, God disciplines his children because he loves them. Discipline is a fantastic thing, but we need to relearn it. Remember, we have to learn everything in light of the gospel. We need to reframe our life in light of the gospel because it changes everything about parenting and authority and humility and strength and meekness, all these things. So we, everything has to be relearned. So when I see the word discipline, that's a tough word, right? We can bristle at that word because some of us were not disciplined well. Discipline can lead to abuse in different ways. But for people that are believing God and following his, his prompts and commands of the word, discipline is part of becoming grown up, growing and maturing in the Lord. 
and discipline is not to be despised. But the word discipline comes from the word disciple. The word disciple means to be a student or a learner. So that makes sense. If I'm in school, I was disciplined when I was there to learn. If I was causing a commotion or passing notes in class, then I would be disciplined because I was disrupting the discipleship process of learning. Discipline's a great thing. But in the kingdom, our discipline is rooted in delight. God the Father delights in us, and because he loves us, he disciplines us. So discipline rooted in love and care is so different than a discipline rooted in control and fear. So the question I first have to pose is that we want to ask ourselves, is our discipline rooted in love? Or am I doing this because I feel like I should? And I, I sense a little bit of that in this post from Catherine. There's a little bit of like, gosh, I know what I should do and I'm not doing it. And I got it nailed over here in one category, not in another. So this episode is for everyone who there are areas in your life that feel disconnected, that they feel lack, that you're still working it out, that you can do it over here, but you can't do it over there. And that's kind of just the human experience of working out our salvation so that we're the same person wherever we go with the same mindset, with the same heart posture. So our discipline must be one that God really loves us and is for us. This is a good thing. I don't have to do this. I get to do this because I love him. I want to obey him and he gives me the grace to do it. That's the goal. That's what we're going after. So Catherine mentions in this post that she can do working out, like moving her body. And I and notice how she says, I love to do it. One of my questions would be for her, have you always loved to do it? I, personally, I've always been very active, tomboy, moved my body. So it wasn't a hard habit for me to get into. It was pretty easy. But if for some people, it just, it's not a love thing. You don't feel that drive. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. So it's okay. Like just notice that. So perhaps she's always done this because my next question would, would be, well, let me, let me read my reply to you. Cause then reply to her. And then I'll jump into more of this teaching about why all habits aren't the same. I said to her, I would say you have established a habit loop for moving your body, but not one for your thoughts and feelings toward food. The payoff of a workout is dopamine induced and you feel better afterwards, but it's not always like that with food. I don't get a big dopamine rush and serotonin release from broccoli or salad like I do a donut. Your mindset and motivation needs attention when it comes to food and awareness. And P.S., it's a false payoff when we eat things we know we, we don't need, but we crave. Like There's nothing wrong with having something that your body doesn't need. But as Paul says, everything's permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So we have to be aware of how we feel and the benefits. Your dopamine release, aka payoff, needs to gain some momentum around how much better you feel when you don't overeat or turn to a short-term payoff like, you know, 
sugar or an abundance of it. Nothing wrong with sugar. It's just having too much can absolutely change our brain chemistry and the dopamine receptors and pleasure uh, areas of our brain. Okay. So I was trying to encourage her some of the long-term payoff that you have when, you know, you eat more in line with food that can give you good energy is you have more energy. Um, you feel less bloated, you sleep better, your skin and eyes are more clear and you feel better in your clothes. So these are things I'm encouraging her to think about those things because that is a payoff. It just doesn't give that same payoff like a workout. Like, yeah, you feel it in your chemistry. Literally your body loses tension. It just, it feels better for a short time. Doesn't always happen that way with food. Can I get an amen? So not all habits and habit loops are going to be the same, how you set them up. A lot of you have heard of habit loops. If you know what a habit loop is, um, I think it's Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit. And a habit loop is broken down into three parts. One is that you have a cue, and then you have a response, and then you have a reward. So something cues you, good or bad, a trigger, somebody says something, you have a response, and then you get some type of payoff. Even if you respond in a negative way, the payoff is you feel protected. You feel like you stood up for yourself. So cue, habit, and response. So her, her tension here is the fact, well, I have a habit with exercise, but I don't have that with food. Where is the disconnect? And I love it that in, even when she says in the post, I know what to do, but I don't do it. That should recall to mind for us the Romans 7. Revelation Wellness feels very much like a Romans 7, 8 ministry. I mean, it's many parts that we are. Romans, or Matthew 6, 33, Genesis 1, 2 ministry. But today, for the sake of our point, Romans 7, Paul talks about how the things he wants to do, he doesn't do, and he's frustrated with himself. He's being very vulnerable, transparent, that this is still something he's working out. But then in Romans 8, he goes to say, what then will we do? It's life in the spirit. Life in the spirit is the solution to feeling tossed and turned about. The spirit, the spirit leads us into life and peace. But if our mind is set on our flesh, it's death. But so we are to set our mind on the spirit. This is really important, you guys, because you can do all the habits you want to make and you can try new things, but unless it's something that the spirit of God is leading you to, then it, it's not that it might not be a bad thing. It is just going to take more energy and time. And maybe in the end, it'll be something that you go, well, that didn't stick. It was a nice little adventure. But for me, I know I personally would want to be doing the things I know to do because the spirit is telling me this is the way walk in it. So if the food question is rooted in fear or shame, or I have to, or what's wrong with me and your discipline isn't delighted, it's really in, in being disappointed. That's not the spirit and that's not going to lead to life. So we have to kind of do deeper work. And I'm going to come to, I've got solutions for y'all. We got solutions for you because habits are great, but really they, they are surface. There's more going on inside of us on a physical level and a spiritual level. So it's physical too. And I'll talk more about that soon. Right now I'm reading a book called The Joy Choice. I really like it. It's new. You can go check it out. I'm not fully done with it yet, but 
It's a book, and subtitle is How to Finally Achieve Lasting Changes in Eating and Exercise. It's a book that's not about hitting the perfect goal by living with rigid habits, but a lifestyle where you can flex and bend while continuing to pursue change. It's trying to help us avoid that all or nothing mentality, which we can often do when it comes to food and exercise. And there's many reasons why. It's not like flossing or brushing your teeth as a habit. Food and exercise is a whole different whole different paradigm. It's a whole different category when it comes to habit loops. And I really found this so fascinating because up until that point, and I even said that in my post, this, I wrote this post prior to reading this book, you know, I would say, well, change some cues up and um, really focus on what are the rewards. I still believe in that hundred percent focus on the rewards of things you feel that aren't dopamine release. Cause you're not going to feel that type of a high, like you do with a workout. But I want to go a little deeper today because this is pretty fascinating. In the book, uh, the author really states that not all habits are the same and not all habit loops are the same. So for instance, if you want to start flossing, which by the way, I'm so late to the flossing game, but I did get in the habit of flossing last maybe six, seven years. I'm a flosser. Prior to then, I was not. So you can imagine trips to the dentist were always never fun. I do remember one time going to the dentist and I didn't floss it this time. And I remember the dentist saying, hmm, there's someone so health conscious. It's interesting that you don't floss. (laughs) Felt a little shame there. I was like, oh yeah, I guess there is a little disconnect. So he tried to educate me on the health of your gums. And I did plant a seed. I didn't go home and start flossing, but it it did kind of go, huh, I do have a little disconnect there with my, my gum health and my body health. So flossing, for instance, you want to start flossing. Uh, usually you would do something to create a cue. So take floss, buy some floss and put it right by your sink where you brush your teeth, right by your toothbrush so that when you go go and reach for your toothbrush, brush your teeth, then you see the floss is there. If it's not there, you're most likely not going to get cued because I'm not, I don't have any sensation for flossing. Now I don't need to have my floss out. I can feel like, oh, I didn't floss. I literally can feel the difference in my gums. So then I get up to go floss. But until it's something that is intrinsic, you need an extrinsic cue. So the floss is there and I remind myself to floss. And this is where the tiny habits book comes in about the power of habits and how you can just start small, start really small. So that author of that book talks about Uh, James Clear is his name. Just floss one tooth. Just start with flossing one tooth. And I love that. Yes, I love that. You don't want to exercise? Don't think 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 10. Do 10 jumping jacks. Done. I worked out today. Literally. Really. It really just comes down to mindset. So I would say that to Catherine, like, okay, do 10 jumping jacks. Just start with something that is sustainable. And that's what's different between flossing and often the bigger picture of food and exercise. It's so big. It's so involved in my life every day. And it's it's social and relational. And flossing isn't that. Flossing is just 
a little something I can do. And it's, it's a closed environment. In the book, she goes on to talk about certain things happen in a closed environment and some things happen in a very open environment. Flossing is a very closed environment. It's in my bathroom. I do before I go to bed. It's not like my boss walks into my bathroom and says, Hey, you got to get to work early tomorrow. Now my kid might come in sick and I might like have to help in the moment, but I'm still going to come back to my bathroom to go to bed. I'm going to see that, that uh, stable cue. Exercise and eating is not a very stable cue. It's, kind, it's always kind of moving, which is why we're prone to, okay, I'll make a food list. I'll make a tracker. I'll write out my food and I'll really try and make it controlled. But in her book, uh, she was saying there are people, probably like 50% of the population, are, they kick back against rigid habit loops like that, which makes perfect sense. You know, on our mass head at the Revelation Wellness website, we say, stop obsessing, stop neglecting, live free in your body. We're all prone to one or the other. Obsessors, they tend to be pretty good at starting a cue or a habit. They just go, well, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it. No problem. And then the other side, the neglector is like, oh, just kind of, it just doesn't come as natural and as focused as those who do. In the book, the author talks about her husband and how he sleeps, literally goes to sleep in his workout clothes because he wakes up in the morning, sits upright, puts his feet into his exercise shoes, and he goes off downstairs to the gym or whatever he does. And that's it. There's no other option. He is he has sealed himself out of other options and his own brain design and chemistry just makes sense for him to go do that. So rigid feels good for him. But for her, she goes, she says, that just doesn't fit for me. I'm, I'm not that rigid, which really is beautiful. It makes sense for she's more permissive to some relationship or other things. And honestly, I would say this probably bends to uh, people who care about people really deeply and maybe even too much. So you're more open to relationship and people, the givers, the selfless givers, and then versus the others like me that are more on the, no, I'm going to take care of my, I'm going to do these things first so that I can give to you. Again, nothing wrong with either one. God's designed us as that opposition. It holds the, the church in balance. It holds things together. We just have to be aware when we've gone too far in either direction when my obsessing or my rigidity keeps me from being available to relationship or when my flexibility keeps me so relational that I never have anything put in motion that cares for me. So flossing happens. Some of these habits happen in a, in a closed environment, taking your supplements, um, remembering to put out the, or put, put the laundry in the washer dryer. You can set these stable cues, but food and exercise, they do not occur in a closed environment. It has very many relational components that are outside of that environment. For example, there are external things that can happen. You plan to move your body, you plan to, or, or eat whatever it is you're going to do, but then kids get sick and you can't go work out or um, you get sick and you can't eat the food you normally like to eat. Man, I got sick a while back and I was eating all kinds of comfort food. Just, and it was what I needed, but I didn't 
decide, oh, I'm no longer going to eat healthy again, or I'm no longer. I just did what I knew my body could take at that time. And it was like mashed potatoes and very starchy things that too much for me over time just doesn't feel good. So we have these external things. You get called to work. You got to go on a business trip. You've got to travel. Those get in the way of something like food and exercise because it's so relational. The other thing are internal, um, internal conflicts or internal disruptors. Like I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to move my body or I'm going to eat better. And then you do, but then you go look in the mirror and you hear in your head, man, you're fat, right? Body shame. So that, that voice, that inner critic, the unhealthy feeling on the inside or the discontent on the inside will start to negate and eat away at the efforts that you are externally doing because the internal isn't matching your external behaviors or choices. You don't internally feel, you feel like a fraud. This is actually something called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is mentally exhausting and it can take a physical toll on the body. Cognitive dissonance is when you're holding two opposing views at one time inside you. And you know, you can't, you got to let go. It's like when the Bible talks about you can't serve two masters, it's exhausting. And so you got to choose which one. And then most likely you're going to take the one that just feels most familiar. It's more comfortable. It's more safe. You know how to do that one. You probably have more social uh, circle around that one because to swing to a new side would take some work and time. Sounds like something that the Holy Spirit would want to do with you. Cognitive dissonance. It is mentally exhausting. Your brain doesn't like to spend a lot of energy. And it can take a physical toll on your body. When you, when your beliefs don't line up with what you're doing, you get this, this uh, feeling of shame or discontent, and that can affect your biology. Your beliefs affect your biology and your, bio <laughs> your beliefs affect your behavior, by the way, too. And that affects your biology. And it all works together in a triad, belief, by but belief, behavior, and biology, they all work together. Belief is what your mind thinks. Behavior is what you do. And your biology will either rise or fall to whichever way you choose to go. You've seen this. You've seen, like, I was at this convention recently, a fitness convention. I was standing in line at the registration booth. And it was the second day morning of the event. The classes were starting and a lot of people like myself were late to registration. We got in late the night before, so we didn't get our registration early enough to be ready for the first day of classes. So, I, but I knew that I knew like, oh, I'm late. I'm going to have to wake up early. I probably won't make it to my first class, but you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. So I get in line and there's a woman next to me and she is just mad, spitting nails over the fact that, that she's missing her class. And she's like, man, they really should have been open yesterday for, uh, for registration. What do they think this is? And I, I said, oh, well, they were, they were open for, you know, she was like, yeah, but they weren't open late enough. I got in it. Da, da, da. And, and I looked over at her and her, literally her face creases in her face, the way she held her mouth and her jaw just said the world is my enemy. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I might be exaggerating a, a bit, but no, really, her, her, her body is holding, is telling the story of what she believes in her head and what she does. Yeah, I watched her walk up to the lady and like kind of, you know, give her a piece of her mind. I was like, oh, she's praying for her. And she walked away and I looked at the gal. I said, I'm sorry. I go, I tried to tell her we were open last, you guys were open last night, but you know, I think she's just having a day. So I wanted to affirm that woman who, you know, who was getting reamed by this lady, like you're doing a good job. So our behaviors, our biologies and our beliefs round and round they go. If we're wanting to change something, you're wanting to change something. I don't really think you start with behavior. Even a habit loop is a behavior, right? Putting a, a I'm going to start a behavior and you can, I'm not saying that a behavior, starting a behavior can't help you move the other way so that your beliefs line up and that your bi biology starts to benefit. It can happen, but I think we're quick, much like the author of this book says to throw the baby out with the bathwater when something interrupts, when there's an internal or external disruptor and relationship is happening because it doesn't take me much time to floss. It does take more time and energy for me to make food choices that are going to be better for me and just give me overall energy and to go take the time to move my body or even just to do 10 jumping jacks. It's uncomfortable versus flossing one tooth. So what are we going to do? Well, I often like to think of our lives much like owning a car. Your body is a car and God has given you birth to you, given you body, given you breath. Your breath is, can be like gas and, you know, the thing that makes it move without breath, your body's going nowhere, but you've got breath so you can go somewhere and you're going to choose what road you're going to go down. Just like Catherine here is, is like, I get, Hey, I've traveled the road of working out. I'm good there. I just can't seem to get down the road of food. Every time I start to go that way, I find myself in a ditch and then I shame myself. Well, we want to go down a new road. We've got to learn how the car works. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pull over and reassess some things go, okay, I know I, I kind of know how to drive the car, but maybe, maybe there's like cruise control here. Maybe there's something Maybe there's some economy mode that I'm not aware of. Maybe I'm really, maybe, maybe my alignment's off and I'm just, it's just hard to drive. There's something inside the operating system that isn't working, that navigation system that gets me to the wrong place. It's not where I want to go. So before we jump into the driver's seat for change, we have to understand how change occurs. Okay. Everyone listen. Change occurs because you have a nervous system. Your nervous system is responsible for taking information such as your beliefs and turning it into action. You can know what's right to know and still not be able to do it if your nervous system is wonky. Your nervous system, think of your nervous system like the electricity, the, the wiring in your body that gets you to operate. And if our operating system, our nervous system is on overload, we won't be able to think and feel and choose well. So Catherine, I'm suggesting that perhaps 
your nervous system, you are anxious about it. You have other stressors in your life that are stressing you out, or there's a, a story, a script, some, something inside of you, uh, the drama that you play out, there's something that keeps the story of food being ever so elusive because you feel perhaps less connected to yourself. Everyone, it's not about the food and it's not about the movement. If we can eat and have peace, move our body and have joy, then we know that our well-being, our, our body, our mind, our heart, our soul is centered in God. So if we have fractured ourselves with cognitive dissonance, we feel fractured from God, I promise you the nervous system is taking the hits. If you've been trying to drive your car down the same road over and over and keep ending up at the same destination, you need to pull over and learn how the car works. Your nervous system. Medical people would agree. A lot of medical in the, in the um, medical world are saying, yeah, the nervous system really is kind of driving the whole show. You've got 12 different systems of your body, skeletal, muscular, uh, skin, um, respiratory, but the nervous system makes it possible for you to breathe. The nervous system makes it possible for your muscles to contract. Everything's coming off of this electricity. And if we are overworked, overloaded with stress, which hello, most of us are, and we just lived through a pandemic, then we will find ourselves not being able to think, feel, and choose well. Friends, this is why we've created Project Stress Relief. It's open now. Signups are open now for you to come. And in any donation, just give to start to learn how the operating system works that is your body, where you get to execute what you think and you feel. But if there's disconnect, then you will have cognitive dissonance and you will feel, why can I do something here, but I can't do it there? I promise you. I feel like we've been doing this ministry for 11 years and this challenge, uh, this invitation is the moment that, oh, this is what we've really needed to be talking about. Not, you know, the sugar fast was wonderful, weight loss God's way, little way, warrior challenge. We've done um, biblical meditation. That's all really good. But we, I want to help you understand what's going on with you. Because when you have understanding and the information you, want, you know, then you can have authority, power and authority to do something different. And the devil doesn't run around. Satan doesn't run around accusing you because... It's not all spiritual, everyone. We tend to go, ah, oh, the devil's getting me. Or maybe you're, you need to heal from that stressful thing that happened in your life and your body's still holding it. So you're invited to come. And I'll be honest with you right now, I'm recording this. I am on sabbatical as you're hearing this. And I, it was important to me. I'm like, you guys got to let me say something and set up something for for PSR project stress relief, because I'm hoping everyone gets in. I, I will be in the teaching. We've already recorded it. We've got the content ready for you, but I won't be, you're not going to see me on social media ringing the bell. Like I usually do trying to get people to be aware. So I would appreciate not only you signing up, but share, sign up other people. This is really important stuff. I know people are going to be like, well, I just want to lose some weight or I just help me with my habits. Habits are up at the top with behavior. We've got to get down to our beliefs and our nervous system is operating off of what we think and what we feel.
and then we go choose. So project stress relief is for anyone who obsesses or neglects their body. It's for people who can resonate with the feeling of cognitive dissonance, people who are stressed out, anxious, or bummed out, depressed. People who know they can't keep moving over or mowing over the top of the weeds. We got to get down, pull over the car, figure out how it works, partner it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. That loves, he loves wisdom, loves knowledge for you so that you can display the goodness of God. So I'm inviting you. We have been working hard to prepare all these things for you every day for 21 days. You're going to get a devotional, a short, quick devotional for you to read, helping you understand how you were made. That's my job in the five to eight minute video to watch where you're going to learn about your nervous system. You're going to learn about what you need to do. You're going to learn where it went wrong. You're going to learn so you understand you're not just at the whim of your body. You've been given a body that's a good design. We just need to bring it back, integrate ourselves back, heart, mind, soul, and strength so God can do what it is he wants to do. And our habit loops line up with who we were created to be. Nobody can assign to you and tell you how to do it, but the Holy Spirit himself. You'll be more in touch with the Holy Spirit, that's for sure. So swipe up on the show notes, give your $15 suggested donation, tell a friend and help me. I won't be here. I'm going to be looking over going, oh my gosh. The team knows that if I call and ask them where enrollment is at or how we doing, they're supposed to just tell me nothing because I'm on sabbatical and I'm just trusting that the Lord knew I was going to be gone at this time. But again, I will be with you in those recorded videos for 21 days, pouring out everything that I have learned over, gosh, 31 years of being in this wellness field. So I hope you'll come. God, thank you for this time. I thank you for knowledge and wisdom and power that comes from you, Lord. We don't have this so that we can build our kingdom, but that your kingdom would be here on earth. Lord, help us to reconcile so that we are not cognitive dissonant, God, but we are cognitively aware that you are good. And although we have habits, things you want to see change, things that we can do to grow, we do it with delight. Plant the seed of delight in each person that gets into Project Stress Relief. Let us be the remedy for a hurting world as we heal all the way to the deepest part of our being, spirit, soul, all the way out to our body. Thank you, God. We love you. We're grateful for this community. We're grateful for what you're doing. So use this podcast to go far and wide and help us to know and love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thanks. I hope this teaching blessed you, gives you some things that you need that practically we can do. We're going to do them together. And I have nothing but a good, good feeling about it. I will be seeing you. I'll be participating in Project Stress Relief um, and just cheering and praying us all on. Peace. Thanks again for being here, friends. We really do hope you will consider joining us for Project Stress Relief, where we're going to spend 21 days learning how to live healthy and whole with 
God. This challenge is what we need in a season that has just felt so hard for so many people. We would love to be on this journey with you as you learn how to live with less anxiety and stress. Swipe up to get registered today. And would you do us a favor and share this episode with a friend who needs to hear that their struggle with eating is about so much more than food? Better yet, invite them to join you for 21 days in Project Stress Relief. Be sure to connect with us in all the places and we will see you soon. Until next time, peace.